Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something about the talk time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on Podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast, and I'm your host, Mike. Joining me today, we have Neil, and we also kind of, hopefully, if I've worked out how to do it, we'll be hearing from Josh as well. We're going to be talking about our draw with crew and look forward to the match against Crawley on Tuesday. Obviously, we've had a great couple of days with 125th birthday celebrations, and we're all very, very excited and feeling very, very old when we're working out how much percentage of Sutton's history we've been involved in and mine was 28% which is very upsetting to be fair. Don't forget you can help of course to support the show with one-off donations or regular subscriptions by joining us on Patreon. If you want to know more look for the supporters page on the website or drop us an email and um, I'll give you all the details. So we're going to get into it. I believe it was the preview for, the, I can't remember which game we actually did, but it was the preview for the Harrogate game. So it was uh, mid-January or mid to late January I think the last time we spoke, uh, Neil. Um, how have you been since? Uh, been fine, thank you, Mike. Uh, been away on holiday, so we've missed matches and uh, not even been able to uh, see the Twitter feed because I've been in the air. So that's very, very anxious when you suddenly land at either end and you go to the BBC website to see what the result is. So <laughs> two 2-0 two, two wins was great. And then obviously I was able to watch uh, all of the, uh, the, the, the full match replays from my hotel. So... Uh, 
that was good. I was really happy on holiday, which made, of course, my wife pleased because I was happy on holiday and not a grumpy old man. Excellent. Excellent. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just finished a football match. I won. Uh, so <laughs> that's the first in many years. <laughs> but yeah, feeling good. You must have had some good teammates. Anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, last time we had you on uh, was after the Gillingham game. Yeah. Um, Craig Eastman's late uh, winner. Yeah. Um, have you been since? I've been good. Went to Canada last week. Um, it was uh, really fun. Um, but apart from that, <laughs> uh, same old, just chilling, working. Yeah, feeling good. So just before we get into into the match, they obviously it's very bits of news. Um, but the, the 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 one literally just as we were trying to come on air, the ladies' match which kicked off only at four o'clock today, they were one nil up. They got pegged back to one one, and I think it was two one at half time. Then it went to three one. Then they called it back to three two, three three. With just minutes to go, they scored a goal. Lily scored a great goal. Um, according to Ahmed, he got very excited, and it made it four three. They were hanging on and hanging on, and literally the last kick of the match, because the ref blew the whistle at that point, 4-4, and that was just before we came on it. So I haven't had any reaction. So um, it's 4-4 for the ladies' team in what sounded like an incredibly exciting match. And, yeah, we'll kind of get on to um, the ultimate 11. And now, 125 years in the making. The Sutton United Talk Time On Podcast. Sutton United All Time Ultimate Eleven. Very nice. <laughs> I like that. So, so, Josh, you are the first to give a challenge to the Ultimate Ooh. Team. You were sent Ooh. out the Ultimate Team in advance to do your homework. Yeah. Um, and you have 11 players to choose from, and you can pick any of those players to say, well, I'd like them to be replaced with ex-player um who is it you would like to be in the team and who are they replacing well, a player i would like to be in the team is rory deacon um and i think the only reason for it is that fa cup run i mean he he's he was so good so instrumental into that cup run and if only that shot against arsenal was just below the bar really good um but apart from that i really like his style of play direct you know taking players on quick and um i think he went on to, to good things after he left sutton i don't know if he went to up to I don't know if he went to dundee or something like that maybe was that he went to dundee then he came yeah. back and he was with us he didn't do so well and i think he went to have i think he's at maidstone now oh, okay well uh, i'll judge him on his first stint yeah. <laughs> <with Sutton laughs> um and the player replacing i mean I'm looking at both those wingers and obviously they played yesterday as well. Um, I'm going to take off Will, Will? Mandel. Okay. I'm going to put, um, put him on, on the left, um, Rory. Um, I think that will add a little bit more pace on the wings as well and a little bit more uh, direct as well. I think I, Will, Will, Will is good. I like Will. I think Rory just a little bit of an upgrade in my opinion. Okay, so that's going to go to a vote, and it will be Will Randall versus Rory Deacon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Neil, what is your choice? Right, so the, the person I'm challenging is Jason at centre-back. So mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to do that and then run. And uh, the person I'm going to challenge him with is a, a, is a name from the past who I'm putting in 
on his sheer ability and talent. Plus also, he was my first Sutton player as a uh, nine, ten-year-old who was my hero. And that was John Faulkner at um, centre-back. So one of the club's greats played in the, the Sutton-Leeds match and so impressed Don Revy, even though we lost 6-0, because he completely marked Mick Jones out the game that he basically signed him a few weeks later. So I think he was our first of the players to sort of make it straight from non-league straight to, you know, first division to arguably the best team in Europe at that stage. And he was going to be cover for Jack Charlton. So he played twice for Leeds, unfortunately scored a, an own goal in his first match. And then in the second match, which I think was against Man City, so the first one was against Burnley, he fractured his patella, colliding with mm. one of his own team, was out for a year, then came back, played a couple of European games and then got transferred ultimately to Luton Town. And I believe he played over 200 games for Luton, who I think were in League Two. No, actually, yeah, League Two. So that was in old money. So that would have been... Two. That would have been... Second division championship. Yeah, championship. Yeah. 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 So he was a great, he was a great player. And he he just was seemed to be one of those players. He had so much time on the ball, partly because he was so good. So basically, that's why I would put him in my uh, my ultimate team. And as I said, he was my hero. I was I was heartbroken when he got transferred. Oh, perfect. I'll put that in there and we won't tell. We won't tell Goody that you, you chose it. Yeah. <laughs> um, lovely. So we're going to have a quick chat about the match. Now, um, as mentioned, we, we were all kind of watching it from a, a, a similar position on the pitch and um, therefore we had similar views. Uh, Josh did, I mean, let's start with, with the obvious. Um, the blue badge, they kind of put the badge out and it's like, oh, okay. And then the two teams come running out and one had a blue stripy kit on. So, like, oh, well, we've gone to blue. Took a minute to realise we were in red. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the on the, on the the red kit? I think a little bit less than everyone else because I saw the warm-up from Real, Real Wandle was um, wearing red socks. So I was like, it's going to be red, really? Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's reaction was like, what? what's this? We, we didn't even know who, you know, where Sutton were, were they playing? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, being a Man United fan as well, I mean, I like the reds. Mm. It, it looked nice, but I don't think it fit kind of, you know, Sutton United, you know, amber and chocolate, you know, it was, it was kind of, it, it just threw us a little bit. Yeah. It just didn't seem right. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. You know, I, I, you know, to me, it just seemed all wrong because obviously we were standing with the, the infamous Jenny who decided that she didn't want to, watch Swindon Town and uh, and it just didn't seem right and the guys I think didn't seem you know incapable of passing to a red player because obviously in their minds you know that's the opposition and for some bizarrely psychologically I think it made our players look smaller I know that sounds absolutely daft but they didn't look as you know as dominating and they yeah. didn't look as huge and massive and uh, you know physical in red i think i think it's i think it must be a slimming color <laughs> well um just my a, a little chat about it as well and we, we, i'll put that in as well but one of one of the reasons or the reason sorry i didn't know this certainly um is that on the on the merger between the two teams 
uh, the two colours were amber chocolate and red. And then in, in wonderful Sutton United style, they saw that the amber and chocolate was cheaper. So they went with the amber and chocolate at the time when they when they um, formed. So we've always been on the cheap, which is wonderful, wonderful. It keeps with tradition that we still are. Um, but this was a nod to the other team that wore red. And that's that's why. I mean, there's, there's some lovely features which didn't really realise, obviously, during the game. Um, but when you got to see the pitch, uh, the, 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 the kit afterwards, um, every player who's ever played a first team match for us is sort of in the back, the same as on the, on the black kit. I think it's going to be our third kit, so I don't think we're going to see it that often. Um, but it did kind of have Carl Shorten vibes. Um, and uh, it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Which I think led to not necessarily the players, because as I said to Josh, the players will play in training bibs, bright yellow, bright orange, blues, whatever. So they know who's on their own team. But I do think it had a, a little reaction on the crowd because it did kind of come as a bit of a, what the hell is this? Um, yeah. uh, why are we playing in cruise away kit, uh, the home kit? Um, so I think we were a bit flat for a little while and it possibly then had a knock on to the players. Let me put it this way. I mean, I think the loudest noise of the game was when they threw a hat onto the stands and they were cheering. And I mean, I can't blame them. I think they were thrown a little bit. Um, and I think obviously all of our songs about being amber and yellow and everything like that, we couldn't really say that. Um, but no, I mean, I mean always, always the fans are passionate when you saw that at the end when we got the goal. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a bit thrown. I think everyone was just thinking, what, why are we in red? So it, it, it's fine. It's fine. I think, I think it had an, an effect, whether you could say it had a big effect or not. I mean, you can't say the players didn't know what they're doing because. It doesn't matter what kit they're wearing. They're in training, they wear fluorescent bibs. Yeah, so exactly. They yeah. find their teammates, so yeah. um, it's not really going to affect them there. Um, but in fairness, a red kit, had, studies have proven red is a successful colour. I mean, you, yeah. you just got to think of the teams that are most successful in, 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 in British football. You've got Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal up there. They all play in red. So yeah. who knows? Mate, yeah. We're unbeaten in red. Yep, yeah, true. And <laughs> I, I, I personally think it would be better if they had red shorts. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, although certainly a few of the players love it. One of the players was very, very keen on it. Um, Eastie definitely liked the, the red with the white, uh, white numbers. <laughs> um, Kobe also mentioned that he liked it. And um, I know there's a few other Arsenal fans in there as well who are clearly keen on it. So we're going we're gonna to see. It's going to, I think, really i'm the second or the third kit i would imagine the third because um there's no point in being the second kit because so many teams play in red anyway well i saw the lineup i was, I was kind of saying with you i mean ali obviously is a big miss he's been playing really well recently and uh getting amongst the goals and, and yeah performing well but i thought you know harry's come in and you've got it's a really experienced midfield so i'm still thinking you know we're, we're, that's a good midfield um, hopefully ali can come back soon i don't know how long he's is he is he injured at the moment? I don't know how long he's he's out I for. I think he'll be out for. Uh, I think he should be okay for Tuesday. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, I mean, I was looking at it. I was pretty pretty happy. Um, yeah. It was a good strong lineup, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to the result a little bit later. But um, yeah, overall first thoughts, it was good. Yeah, good team. Now I knew you had a little sneak preview, maybe of the lineup. Uh, not a preview, but you you knew some of the dangers. 
um, without breaking any of Matt's confidences. Um, what were your thoughts when you when you saw the lineup? Now, I, I think I said to you that of all the players that could be missing, the two you kind of would have accepted would have been Ali and Sam because we've got replacements for them. Um, if it had been Jack, no, and this is absolutely no disrespect to any of the players we've got who would have filled in, but if it would have been Jack, you would have been a little bit worried because he's been immense for us. If it would have been one of the central defenders, um, because we've had to shift everyone around. Um, but what were your thoughts on the lineup? Well, as I said, it was exactly what I expected because we saw the pa- well, we saw the patients. Sorry, we saw the <laughs> players on the treatment benches uh, when we visited the training ground on Tuesday. Jack was at home because basically he got trod on by Kobe um, um, at the end of the Newport game. Yeah. I think- Kobe had trod on him. I thought it was the post, but no, he got trod on. So because he lives such a long way away um, and Tuesday is the intensive training day, he mm-hmm. stayed at home because I think he lives up Solihull, you know, Birmingham area. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And uh, then um, Ali was on the uh, attached to some bizarre machine that was stimulating his lower leg, basically looked to be jolly uncomfortable. Sam was strapped up and, um, as I said, and, uh, Donovan was having some, you know, basically torture worked on his uh, hamstring and things like that. So it, it seemed, looking at what was on the board, it seemed obvious that probably of those, Sam was the, the only one who was likely to make it. The others, it didn't look like it. But obviously we were told not to sort of try and keep it under our hats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. of course, Matt... Matt, I mean, it was John, I think, about a year ago who was on here saying it, and um, he said literally he will scour social medias, try and find anything about players being injured, and um, it gives you just that little advantage when you know someone's not going to be playing. So we, we, we're talking all the fine margins now, um, and, and we're, we're part of that professionalism, so we've got to keep things a bit close to our chest. Um, on that, I mean, I, I know you, you didn't stay... For the, for the celebrations afterwards but it was just it's, it's insane how how open and accessible everything is they decided to have a little tour and I think they massively underestimated who would be interested to look around the changing rooms in the boardroom because there was loads of us and all the players were still in the changing room and it was like hello <laughs> how are you <laughs> a little chat with Luke <laughs> but yeah it's um, just really, really insane to see all these things and um, told me their A team was the one who did a foul early on and he ran away and one of their other players got booked. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit weird. I saw A team do the foul. He ran away back into the defence and then the two that were arguing, one of them got, got the yellow card, for, I'm guessing, for what he said or I don't know if it was challenge yeah. or for what he said. Um, and But I just thought he should be you know, on a yellow going into that mm. second half and he got taken off. Um, before he because could he, get another yellow. So, because he got on a yellow anyway. Yeah, yeah. so um, it was a bit weird. But first half, their number 18, uh, it was Josh that pointed it out, because obviously I'm basically blind. He put a challenge in and probably should have been booked, but he scarped away and two other players came over to sort of re- <laughs> demonstrate a referee and one of them got booked and Josh was like, no, that should have been the 18 that was booked. Yeah. Um, did you did you see that at that point or? No, I only I only picked on what on what Josh said. I think they were very, I think they were very clever. That was a good tactic, divert the referee and uh, you know 
I suspect to the referee if he doesn't really know the team, so the players can all look very similar, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be that obviously one of these players said something and that's why they got booked. We don't yeah. actually know what why they got booked, but um, certainly the 18 was um, a little bit naughty. I mean, as, as I said to Josh, they, they spent the whole week saying what brutes and monsters we were and all the rest of it. And um, there was a, a reporter there from the London News, uh, not Will, but I think the guy who runs the site. And he actually was there with the crew official account saying, no, it's you guys doing all the tactical fouls here. And um, I think in his match sum up, he even mentioned the uh, very versed in the dark arts. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what did you, what did you think, think? I think they out Sutton Sutton, to be <laughs> honest, really, because they were... They were exceedingly physical. I think they came for a point. I don't think they've had any ambitions to uh, to win the game. They force Will and um, David to be very wide, and we just couldn't get the ball out to them in enough <laughs> space. And then they just couldn't get uh, they couldn't get past and around uh, and around the back. So they really nullified us. We looked we looked flat. And, yeah. you know, I think the sort of the excesses of the, the, you know, the last three matches sort of caught up with us a little bit and perhaps expectation, you know, perhaps overwhelmed them a, a little bit. I don't know. But, and, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we, we touched on that when I spoke to Josh earlier. It's, it's, it's a bit strange. Again, I don't know. I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone mentioned that on the 4th of March 2021, crew were flying high in League One and we were mid-table in, in National League um, and now we, we, we're kind of upset, I don't think upset but we, we miffed at a draw with Crew. Um, whereas actually in years gone by that would have been actually an outstanding result so it does show how far we've come um, but what, how do you think we played with the with the 10 then when they finally got someone sent off? I think it was kind of the same I, I think you, you you forgot they had a red card <laughs> it's like, it's like... We we performed. It was kind of like, yeah, okay, we got thirty minutes now, extra man, let's go for it. You know, let's get more crosses into the box. That was one thing that I thought. Definitely, first half that like, we weren't getting it into the box, and we've got like a six foot four striker. So it's um, and then the second half, you're thinking, okay, yeah, red card. Let's we're gonna have a lot more shots, a lot more. And it didn't really happen. We kind of felt the same as before the red card. So I think we struggled in that respect, but. I mean, we're, we're, we got a, a draw. We got a decent result. It's not like we didn't get any points and we are still in a good position. So we can't be too critical. I mean, I know we've had really good games going up until until this one. But I think if you look at it in overall perspective, it's still all right. <laughs> it's a good result. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to feel bad about this and reset on a draw, that's that's clearly not, not the end of the world. If, yeah. if we can start another little run of wind. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We, we woke up, you know. Yeah. You know seem that the substitutions seem to re-energize us. I think the crowd by that stage, 
um, with their their man being sent off. And that is one of the most blatant sendings off. I thought it looked bad at the time from the side of the pitch, but you watch the highlight. You watch it back on the highlights reel, and that's a very high uh, kick, you know. I, I think top, he was really... the best. It really yeah. is an Eric Cantona in the crowd kung fu kick. I think he was walking off before the referee even got over to him. I think he, he was like, "Yeah, fair cop, go." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't think any, you know any nobody really protested about that. Yeah. He was bang to rights. He really yeah. was. But the eight, the eighteen that then also got subbed. Well, I can't remember if it was before then or after then. But the eighteen got yeah. subbed because that was earlier, just after half, just after half yeah. time. Yeah, because he was he picked up a yellow, and they clearly knew that. He, he was walking a tightrope, um, but niche, niche, niche information. But Kobe three in a row, and uh, Josh and I discussed earlier. But and I think it was Ed Marsh actually. I looked it up. Um, I put a little tweet out saying about showing the pictures of Roby, Kobe celebrating, and Ed was like, "I wonder when the last time anyone ever scored three in a row wearing three different colour kits." Um, so that's, that's definitely a niche stat for someone to look into, not me. Um, well, that is Kobe, a good one. Yeah. yeah, Kobe, once again, I mean, he was, last few minutes, he was basically staying up front. Um, why not? He's one of our top high, top high scorers. Um, but did you feel, because I certainly did, did you feel that if the game had gone on another five minutes, that we, we would have won that? Yes, I think I think we would. As I said, they'd woken up enough. They were energised at that point. The crowd, of course, were getting... I think, you know, the crowd, we were getting, you know, we were getting corner after corner. We were getting cross and cross with their goalkeeper. And uh, for his constant infringements and, you know, pinching inches, feet, and then even yards with where he was taking his goal kicks and his free kicks. So uh, that was get, getting us riled up. I think then the, the, the players were picking up on it. I think they suddenly thought, yeah, you know, we did stand a chance. Mm. To, to sneak and you know to sneak another one and uh, yeah I think time wise I think that would have happened. Yeah, I think Alex um, made a point to you I overheard where as we were getting more annoyed with the keeper and screaming for the referee and linesman to do something, he was just just giving those two inches because us making the referee get him to move it back is wasting even more time <laughs> than what he gained from those two inches. It's like oh yeah, but it gets into your head. Mm. <laughs> Um, and I think Taz was shouting that why do they do it? And someone said to him, "It's because it annoys people like you. It winds it winds you up." And it's, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was he was obviously good at what he does. And we, I, Matt, I don't think he mentioned it, but he's mentioned it before in one of the other interviews. If we were doing it or when we were doing it, we just we love it. So we got we got to accept it when it happens to us as well. I think it's easier to accept when we got the draw out of it. If we'd lost, we'd probably be fuming about it. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, we keep the run going. Um, we have dropped down a little bit on the form table, so um, because the draw takes us down a little bit, but we, we're still up there. Um, I think a little gap has opened up now between us and the playoffs. I think it's like four points now, um, which isn't the end of the world because we've still got plenty of time left. Um, but. I mean, in general, are you still are you still feeling confident of the playoffs? I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I am. I am the internal pessimist, but even I'm still feeling optimistic. You know, because I think us now are in a better place than us last year. And look how well we did with sort mm. of six. Was it five out the last six or six out the last seven? Uh. No, I think we did lose two. I think we lost to Barrow and 
um, obviously Bradford. Bradford, yeah. But yeah. but anyway, but that was the point. That our sort of late run was yeah. very good. So we can't keep we can't keep on winning. You're going to get the odd hiccup. Look, Lake Orient drew yesterday. Um, Stockport drew. Swindon drew. I know it was at Orient, but you know. So that's the point. You know, the other teams don't always keep winning. So I think we need to realise that, you know, we could be like Stevenage, who seem to have been virtually yeah. uh, imploding now. So uh, so from that point of view, I, I think, you know, we're still in a good place. Win on Tuesday, you know, win on Tuesday. And oh, we deserve to get something from Barrow, don't we? Really, you know, that's uh, after last season. Well, so, uh, I, I was saving this bit for the Barrow talk, because I was thinking, oh, we definitely need to, we owe them a little bit for what, what happened up there last season. And then I was like, oh, they're probably saying the exact same thing about what happened at ours, that they owe, they owe us for what happened at ours with, with Brad flapping the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, that just occurred to me as well. So, I, you know, can we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't touch it, Ray. Anyway, <laughs> but... Um, before we move on to the, the, the calling match, um, which we'll do in a second, um, rather stupidly, I didn't I just realise I didn't actually ask Josh for his Player of the Day nominations. Um, so I'm going to have to pick some myself, um, which is irritating. Um, so I'll let you go first. Um, give me a couple of seconds thinking time. Um, who's your first option for Player of the Day? Now watch me do my dance. I'm the player of the day. day, day. Well, it's obvious, you know, he was awesome at the back and then that was a very very good header it was good on the on the day but it was even better when you watch it going back that was a perfect header so it's got to be Kobe. Kobe, lovely well i'm going to keep pick jack um i thought he made a, a, a few great saves um in the first half kind of not kept us in it but um we needed him so yeah i'm going to go go with jack um who's your second choice he didn't he's had better games for us but i have to commend his uh his workload and the shift that he put in and i'm going to go for for go for lee lee yeah lovely um right okay let's have a little thing i think it's probably going to be omar um the other battler up front i mean he didn't get booked that's a <laughs> nearly got booked but he didn't actually get booked so uh yeah i think uh i'll go with omar um and we will see so there's the player votes um player of the day it will be up to kobe jack lee and omar earlier on i spoke to matt who's a long time quality fan and i'm going to slot the interview in right here so you're going to have to listen to it later on Bill, if you want to hear it Okay, so uh, my name's Matt. I'm a Crawley Town fan, um, coming from a family of Chelsea fans. Um, I've been a Crawley fan for uh, as long as I can remember, really, as long as I've been able to get a bus <laughs> to get me away on a Saturday. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was great for a short period, but uh, the last last year in particular has been rather draining being a Crawley fan as I'm sure a lot of people will be aware oh, right so automatically as a Crawley fan my back's up and I'm like right I'm not gonna like this fella but then you're you you steered away from Chelsea so therefore you you've steered away from <laughs> from the path of the devil to the path yeah. of righteousness so and I mean 
it's a lower league club. We, 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 I'm a Sutton sport. We're playing at the highest position we've ever been in our entire history. So, um, but there is just something a bit better um, about supporting a lower league club. The fact that you can wander into the bar afterwards and there's the players and just just little little things like that you wouldn't you just wouldn't get at Chelsea. Um, so so how long roughly have you been supporting? You said since you were very young. Um, I would say about. 20 years oh excellent yeah so it's still better than it was i know i know you're struggling this season but you're still better than it was mm. um so how, how's the recent form been i know <laughs> basically I, I normally ask people to talk me through the highs and lows of the season at this yeah. point but if you could talk me through the lows and the not so lows of the season, <laughs> then that would be better. Um, okay, so I think that the highlight of our season is arguably a uh, a win over like a, full, a Fulham reserve team in the uh, in the Carabao Cup. <laughs> uh, we've lost our last six, I think, now after yesterday. We've not won away from home since last April. Um, it, it's been <laughs> it's been a catastrophic season. Um, I think we've had we've had more uh, club statements than we've had wins this season. Yeah, there, uh, there, was, there was a period it was like, oh, what's the next picture going to be? Is it going to be yeah. the corner flag? <laughs> I was going to say we're out of corner flags. I think at this point, <laughs> it's now moved on to seats. Yeah. Uh, and a picture of one of the chairmen in the uh, in the dressing room. So uh, <laughs> I think they're running low on ideas. I feel sorry for the media team. I say that much. Um, so I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, some of the ideas you try and keep an open mind when someone new comes into football. Um, some of the ideas, obviously, you think, oh, do you know what? Let's see how that works. Um, I personally, I thought it was a bit weird um, that he wanted to sit on, on the bench. But I kind of understood it from his point of view. He doesn't know enough about it. And he thought that's the best way of, of learning. And then didn't really realise that how that how that would be perceived. Um, so from an outsider's point of view, it's like, oh, this, this is fun. <laughs> this, is, this is car crash. Um, but what's, what's it like kind of there? Just like, what, what are they going to do next? I mean, you're signing YouTubers for a reserve team. That doesn't exist, as far as anyone knows. Oh, it's fantastic. They can't keep up with their own lives, or that—that's how it seems from 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 our perspective. Uh, I mean, it, it's just—it's horrendous. There was a point, um, I think. Well, it still kind of is now, like where you're sat there wondering what, like you say, what on earth are they going to do next? Because it only seems to get worse. I mean, the, the like you mentioned when he uh, when he put himself on the bench, that was a particular low, especially when he asked how substitutions work. Uh, <laughs> I just really summed it up. I think my favourite image of this season um, is there's an image of uh, Preston uh, during the warm up of that game at Stevenage. And uh, he's there in like boot cut jeans and and jeans taking the warm up. Uh, you've never seen it. It's just such a <laughs> weird image because it's so out of place. I didn't know that actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's just been awful. Yeah, I mean, I hate to, to say because I've said this to Stephen who was on as well. At, when they kind of took over, I think it was a tail of the last season. Yeah, um, April. It was a lot of, yeah, crypto money, we're going to win the league. I think they even tweeted out something of, can we, can we skip League 2, please? Um, well, the answer is yes, we can. Um, but um, 
but there was quite a few Crawley fans who, I mean, probably young ones on, on, on Twitter and Insta and all the rest of it, jumping up and down with delight that they've got all this extra money. Um, where some old bits like me, different clubs going, you, you need to find out where that money is. It's not, is it real mm. money or is it just fake money? I mean, what were your initial thoughts, if you can remember? I know things have gone pear-shaped since, but were you, initially, were you kind of like open-minded or were you a bit sceptical at the time? Um, I'll be honest, I was completely sceptical from the start because uh, as someone that, um, well, obviously NFTs and stuff are, were, were quite popular uh, in the year or so before the takeover. And obviously you saw what happened with those. Um, <laughs> I went in with a massive amount of scepticism and was making jokes to my friends that we'd be uh, going to the conference South within a few years. Um, it's one of those times in life where like it, you wish you weren't right, but it does yeah. look like it's going that way. I mean, the only yeah. time when I actually felt a little bit of optimism about the whole thing was when we signed Don Telford. Yeah. Because that, that was a good signing. And that, that was the one point where I thought, okay, this might be all right. Mm. But very quickly, <laughs> yeah, very I mean, quickly after that, I realised it was not what I thought it was going to yeah. be. This, 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 this fellow who's involved, he, he was in a company called Stats Bomb or something. Um, mm. And he's very sort of on the football stats, which... I, you know what, it, it works on some levels. Um, Matt Gray, our manager, heavily, heavily into stats, hugely mm-hmm. into stats. He, 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 he uses them to decide when he's going to make his substitutions because he, he's got periods of, right, I know this player's going to be peak, blah, blah, blah. So heavily into stats. So they can work, mm. but things like getting rid of, um, is it Nichols? Mm. Because the stats were saying he's not going to perform. And now he's gone to Gillingham and he's mm-hmm. been he was too what was it too old and too something else to be too small and he scored too small and he scored <laughs> loads of goals. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's not always bits of paper and spreadsheets, is it? No. Um, but who who's left? Who should we be looking out for? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, there's not a lot. Um, I mean, you mentioned about nickels there. Um those were excuses. There's something else that's gone on behind the scenes that then they haven't talked about. We've also got rid of a lot of other senior players, as you will probably know, um, because again, they've had disagreements behind the scenes. So realistically, thinking about what our threats are, I'll be completely honest with you. I I couldn't tell you. Uh, I went to Orient a few weeks ago. I took some friends from work. Uh, for their first Crawley Town experience. And I'm not kidding you, we didn't have a shot on target. Uh, We're crying out as fans, please, please sign a centre forward. We need a goal scorer because Telford just isn't cutting it. Mm. Um, I would probably, as a cop-out, say Telford, because obviously banged the goals in for fun last year. Um, Mm. But he is not on form at the moment. He missed a penalty the other night. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you (laughs) at the moment. He he was one a, a, a 
few of our fans because we, we don't have goals coming from strikers. It just it's mm. quite simply we don't we don't have strikers scoring loads of goals. Um, and a few fans were banging on when he wasn't signing his contract at Newport saying we should be in for him. And he's kind of looking a bit deeper to his stats outside of a real golden period last year where he got, I think it was about five or six months where everything he touched went in. Mm. Hasn't actually scored a huge amount of goals and he, I think he kind of dried up in January, February time um, last year. So he did score loads of goals, absolutely. But mm. this, this, this run of bad form has been a while. And uh, yeah, I'm going to regret this probably, but yeah, don't really always do it against Sutton. So <laughs> it's like, hey, go on. Oh. Um, and you had a period with no goalkeepers as well. I think when we were supposed to play you, um, when this the original match, it was like they've just sent their other goalkeeper out. They've literally got one goalkeeper or no goalkeepers on on the books. Um, yeah, has, has that been sorted now or? Um, yeah. It, <laughs> firstly, I hope what you've just said about um, about Telford does come back to bite you because yeah. that would be quite amusing. Um, yeah. But yeah, with the goalkeeper situation, uh, we went, from, <laughs> it was in the space of a week actually, we had I think five goalkeepers on the books because yeah. uh, we had Glenn Morris coming back who I'm sure you'll know is a fantastic keeper at this level and is now quite rightly Gillingham's number one because he's superb. So we let him go because again, I think there's been some sort of disagreement behind the scenes. But also at the time, we had um, Ellery Balcom in on loan from Brentford, who's fantastic. And obviously, at that point, was our number one. So I think a combination of things, uh, they decided to let Morris go because obviously he also wants to play first team football. Mm-hmm. Um, we then had a loan for a youngster from Hull, expired. Um, and I can't remember the situation with the last one. I think they were just released. I can't even remember who it was. It's been it's been that much of a draining season. So we went down to one goalkeeper who um, will probably be playing against you. Uh, the fans, uh, every time the ball comes near the box, we're very nervous. He's about six for eight, but couldn't catch a cold. Right, uh, nice. So uh, in the in the interim, we did on deadline day bring in uh, a loanee from Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was all right on his debut, uh, but then I think he proceeded to concede four within twenty five minutes against Carlisle. So it, then, if you've not got much in front of you, can you blame the goalkeeper? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I I don't know how old you are. I'm, I'm old enough to remember years back. Kevin Keegan was in charge of Newcastle, who was scoring goals for absolute fun. And I think they played West Ham and they beat them something like 8 9 nil. And uh, Kevin Keegan came off and went, that goalkeeping performance was the finest goalkeeping performance you will ever see. And it's like, how can you say that? The goalkeeper's letting eight goals. And I mean, you looked at it, he had 49 shots on target that he'd actually saved 41 of them. The keeper was going, that is the best goalkeeping display I've ever seen in my life. You know? Just battling, but yeah, it's it's difficult because if you, you say if the ball just keeps coming, then what what can you do? I mean, I've played in goal once, and I told the guy in front of me, anything on target's going in. That so it's your job <laughs> to make sure there's nothing coming. In. So, um, but so it's it's a difficult one. Um, so are you are you going to come to Sun or are you just like no, I'm not, I'm not tracing around for this. Well, I was going to the initial game because it was on a Saturday. I literally got yeah. to the point where I had my train ticket. I had got onto the train. Um, I don't live in Crewley either. I live um, yeah. I live in Tunbridge Wells now. Right. Um, so away games like Sutton, 
and Wimbledon and in London are actually easier to get to than home right. games. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to it, despite the fact that we were probably going to lose. Um, it's football, it's part of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but now it's been moved to midweek. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can because of work. I missed the last yeah. side on the way as well because I was in Chile. So Midweek as well, yeah. Mm. But, you know, we, we weren't overly happy ourselves. Um, I happened to be at the ground and um, the, one of the accountants was wandering around and he was just like thousands we've lost thousands on this because i mean in fairness to the referee people had a look at the pitch about four o'clock and it was that bit of the pitch where he said no that's not going to fall out was still frozen so actually mm. yeah at the time it was a bit annoying and we did lose loads of money and, and again lots of your fans were like we're literally only half an hour down the road just leave it um, but in fairness to the referee it actually it was right to be called off because there was no chance that's it um yeah, especially as well a selfish point of view we just signed david Ajaboy back and we didn't want him running down down the wing and getting injured in his first game so um, that was really quite stressful um so do you have any predictions or thoughts on the game well just get it out of the way <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably that. But I also, I, I don't know if I'm mistaken or if I've heard this wrong yesterday. I think you guys are the top scorers at home in the league, barring the top two. I uh, don't know that. But it might well be, but I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's what I think I heard yesterday. <laughs> uh, <Right>. We've lost <laughs> We've lost our last six. As I touched on earlier, we've not won away from home since... Uh, last April so we've actually played you and lost to you <laughs> at, at your place since our last away win uh, so all the signs are pointing to uh, a, a comfortable evening for yourselves but I've got to be optimistic and say that we need to pick up points from somewhere so at this point I would snap your hand off for a point but I think you'll win <laughs> yeah no we, we're nowhere near the top um, we've got 21 goals at home Maybe they're talking about the last fifteen games or so because we've, we've yeah it must be the last yeah last sort of fifteen games um, <clears throat> but yeah no we're nowhere near the top score I would have been surprised because we don't score that many um, mm. I don't think we've scored more than two all season that's not going to bite me and someone's going to point out yesterday um, but never mind but yeah as you say everything's pointing towards um, a nice Sutton win um, but as I said earlier probably Don Telford's going to go right. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to score a hat trick against us. Um, well, I I do hope the season turns for you. Obviously, from Wednesday onwards, um, and <laughs> it starts getting ha happier again. Um, I mean, some sometimes. I mean, I know Oldham fans, for example, um, last year when they went down, they were, it was the end of the world, and a few of them are now going. Actually, do you know what? This, this league's all right. We're not not the end of the world. But you guys have been in the national league before, and you know exactly how difficult it is to get out of. Um, it's not called the Bastard League for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I hope things start getting happier and you guys get to enjoy going to football, um, not just to see how much more misery they can pile upon you for another week. All right, well, thank you very much for your time and um, we'll see you soon. No worries, thanks for having me. Probably have messed up royally, so I'm going to say it now. Well, it's going to go out anyway, because I'm going to say that... Um, Tom Telford never really has a good game against Sutton. <laughs> doesn't do much. He's a he's no. off form. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I was like, oh great, he's probably going to score a hat trick now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Crawley is hard because sometimes he, he, there's a little bit of me that and 
it, when it happened to Carl Shilton all those years ago, a little bit of joy of, haha, isn't that funny? And then it gets to a certain point and it's like, oh God, I just wanted to stop for them. I really feel bad for them now. I, I don't mind a little bit of disaster, but um, they just seem to be absolutely in free fall. Um, what, what's your thoughts on the, on the whole Crawley thing? It's a it's an absolute fiasco, you know. It's uh, I ca- I can't believe uh, a club can get themselves in such a huge mess. You know, they got s- totally sort of seduced by the potential financial benefits of um, all this uh, crypto money, which I don't know NTFs or whatever they are. I, but I don't understand them at all. It's totally alien, and it seems to have all you know backfired on them. They they got so many players in that. Just don't, and it just shows you can get all these players, but unless you can actually put them all together, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a team that can win a football match. So they may have got some players who are better than us, player for player, but they're certainly nowhere near as good a team as us at the moment. So, uh, you know, it's just our luck that they're putting a performance suddenly on uh, on Tuesday, you know. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Um. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it, it's, it's, it's the sort, if we're going to realistically get into the playoffs, it's the sort of match that we should and have got to win. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got to put them to the sword, really. I mean, it's, 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 that's arrogant, but um, they are struggling. We, we need to just turn up, be there, be professional, get it done quickly um, and just, just basically stop them from having anything to celebrate. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, now I mentioned it when I spoke to Matt, and I have checked this so many times that I'm, I'm absolutely convinced it's correct. Right as of now, he has played 80 matches as a national league manager and 80 matches as an EFL manager. By the time we played Crawley, he would have played more matches as an EFL manager than an, a, a, a non-league manager, which I think is a brilliant and um, b it's just amazing that. Again, I've said this so many times, it's boring how clubs just get rid of their managers so quickly. And we, if you heard Matt yesterday, his, his, um, his little speech, which once again, he got all emotional <laughs> talking about what happened last season. Um, but if you just heard him, it's like we're at the start of this journey. And he's, I think he's seventh or eighth in the whole of the 92 longest serving, which is just insane. I mean, you, you're, you'd remember managers like John Lyle, who was at West Ham for 400 years. Um, yeah. What What do you think of this whole thing of just sacking managers? Um, I mean, there's some of them who aren't even ma- making the next transfer window, which is insane. Yeah, I, I, I think it's ridiculous. It's, uh, you know, to blame everything on the manager, I think is very unfair. As soon as the 11 players cross that white line, they are, you know, they're on their own and they've got to take a lot more you know, I take a lot more responsibility and you can't blame it just on, on the manager. It's 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 easy getting rid of a manager. And really? it rarely it rarely seems to work. You get this supposed new manager bounce, which may, you know, two or three good results, but invariably they revert back to type, which more and more seems to sort of validate my opinion that it's the quality of the players that you've got in the, the squad ultimately, because you can't make a, a silk purse out of a sales ear. Well, I think it was Dave Bassett all those years ago, um, who, I mean, he sounded like a bitter manager. It might not have been him, but it was some of the similar ilk. sounded bitter uh, after he was sacked, and he just basically said it, it's, it's cheaper to sack a manager than it is to sack 
seven or eight players. Um, so it's just cheaper to play, replace one manager than it is the, the whole team. Um, but when I spoke to Bruce and he kind of told me off when I said that Matt was the easy choice, uh, the simple, obvious choice, he kind of was like, well, hang on a minute, he wasn't. And we we, we mentioned about Matt's sticky start. And he said it was never in question because Matt didn't have his players in the team. So we needed to let him have build a chance to have his own players in the in the side. Um but anyway, let, let them do all their own things. We'll, 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 we'll do our Sutton way and um, we'll, we'll celebrate having Matt Gray for many, many moons to come, hopefully. Um, and let gets off with the Tottenham job. Yeah, no, we'll stop talking about that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Tottenham will soon start winning titles, though. That's fine because Man City and Chelsea are going to be re- relegated to the conference and <laughs> give Tottenham a little fighting chance at the top end of the table. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, we think we're going to beat Crawley, but do, do you want to do you want to put your, stick your neck out and put a, a prediction? Uh, well, as it's obvious, we're never going to score three goals this season because you know that's you know everybody said that. I, I'm going to go for a t- I'm going to go for a two-one, two-one. Right, I, I'm going to go for a three-one, and I, I'm going to just you know what we we we've. I think we're six. We're minus six points this year now after yesterday on late goals. So I'm going to say we're going to be doing a draw. We're going to get frustrated and we're going to score a couple of late goals in the last couple of minutes. So um, we'll, we'll get get a bit more of a no, <laughs> shaking, I, shaking your head at me. <laughs> I, I think we'd be two nil up, and then Telford will get one. <laughs> and no, uh, no. <laughs> no, please don't let him score. Don't let him even be picked. That would be my best choice. I think we need to send someone down to Corey just to kick him up in the air for a little bit, just to make sure he can't play. I'll be sitting there all night panicking about it. Um, but yeah, that that about wraps it up. Um, I will. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else to say. So um, hit me up on any of the socials at Sutton Podcast and um, any any comments. Um, don't forget on the Ultimate Team now. Um, someone has done this for me. And they've done it absolutely perfectly. If you want to have your input, so there's going to be a few weeks where I've got one guest coming on, but if you want to have your input, send me a video, send me an audio, and just say who you are, what player you'd like to choose and who you want to replace. And I can slot it into the, to the episode and we can include your voice because I know a few people have got opinions on on the, the teams that I've chosen or the team that ends up being chosen. Um, but you've got to remember, you've mentioned John Faulkner, but there's going to be a load of people who don't even know who, who's heard the name but would never have known him at all um when i spoke to Danny dennis the other day which will be coming out shortly he mentioned obviously larry pritchard which again brilliant brilliant player by all accounts but there's going to be whole swathes of people who've never heard of, of these players um so if anyone wants their, their opinions um to be on here either come on as a guest and do it or send me the video and um, we'll get you included and that wraps up another episode of Sutton united talk time on podcast thank you all for listening i hope you've enjoyed it please let me know on any of the socials at Sutton podcast and um, you can just give me your thoughts and feedback, especially about how the thing is where I've tried to splice the conversations together. Didn't work on some of them, but I'm running out of time. So it is what it is. Thank you to all my guests, Neil, Josh and Matt for your time. Take care, everyone. And we will see you soon. Bye bye. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.